All right, good day. Welcome fathers, deacons, Canadians and Americans. Anybody, okay, let's do the state thing. Americans love their states. Who's here from Michigan? Go blue, is that the right team? All right, my high school was Catholic Central Crusaders. We always said go blue, but we looked like Penn State. I don't know, we were confused. Um, anyone from Pennsylvania, Maryland, there's two. Any southern states, Alabama, Texas, anything like that? Any guys gonna say Roll Tide? No? What other states do we have here? Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Badgers. Yeah. Cheese. <laughs> anything else? Yeah? Mexico. Mexico. Bienvenido. Entonces, vamos a hacer la conferencia en español, ¿sí? No? All right. Vamos a hacer en francés. All right, good day, uh, good day. As I said, I want to say uh, a special thank you to all those of you who tra uh, traveled great distances to be here. And thank you so much to Mr. Finley and co. for the bagpipes. That was absolutely awesome. I think that's a highlight for a lot of people. And uh, thank you to the fathers for the great mass and benediction. Mass this morning, benediction and Stations of the Cross last night, everything. Um, it really, a lot of the guys were saying to me last night after the two or, two or three hours we spent at church that their knees really hurt. And I said, good, that's a good way to start a men's conference. Stop being so soft, Sam. Okay, and uh, thank you especially to the members of the Holy Name Society. It is a testament to the group of traditional Catholic men that we have in our priory and surrounding community that we can do this thing. This is 100% volunteer. We do not make a single profit off of this thing. Uh, we do this because we love the Catholic faith. We want the reign of Christ in society, and we're sick and tired of the nonsense that goes on in our countries, and we'd like things to change. And the only th way it's going to change is if we change our hearts and minds first, and then we can permeate that through society. That starts here. All right, and also last thing, thank you to Lord Aaron Duque and James Pasia for the fil uh, filming and recording as well. I was going to have to do that myself, and I was sweating bullets. All good talk should start with a joke. So hopefully this is funny. Flanagan walks into a bar. The barman says, Flanagan, what will it be today? And he says, oh, I have three shots of whiskey. He says, why three shots? That's a lot of whiskey. And he says, well, me two brothers are out at war. And I said, every day that they're still alive, I drink for them and drink for myself. He says, okay, of course, three shots of whiskey on the bar. Next day he comes in, Flanagan, what'll it be? Three shots just like yesterday. Pours it on the bar. The next day he comes in, Flanagan, I'm assuming you'll have three shots of whiskey. He says, no, no, just two shots today. He says, oh no, Flanagan, has one of your brothers died? And he says, no, no, I've just given up drinking for Lent. <laughs> Thank you, Father Stannis, for that joke last year at the... Uh, St. Patrick's dinner. All right, before I begin, I live by a certain philosophy when it comes to delivering what I believe to be an important message. In sports, there are what are called carrot players and stick players. A carrot player is motivated by getting into the end zone or scoring goals. He wants to get the carrot at the end. A stick player is motivated by the stick meaning either he doesn't want to get whacked or he wants to whack somebody else with it. I've always been a stick player and I know no other way of communicating. 
I'm not here to make friends. I'm here to tell you the truth. So please, if anything I say upsets you, please know that I did that on purpose and I expected it to, and I hope it helps. You're welcome. This talk is entitled, Live Not By Lies. I believe there is a book out there by the apostate conservative author Rod Dreher uh, of the same name. This has nothing to do with his book, although I did hear it was a good book, but it's nothing to do with that if you've read it. Three questions I want to pose to you for consideration. Number one, why are you at a men's conference? Number two, why are you here at a Catholic men's conference? Number three, more importantly, why are you here at a men's conference served by the faithful and priests of the SSPX? Regarding the first question, it does seem a bit odd, doesn't it, that it is necessary to travel hundreds and thousands of miles in some cases to attend a gathering of men who are like-minded. It is a strange thing. I would imagine back in the day, they didn't have to have these sorts of conferences, even if they always had reasons to gather. What does it say about our civilization that in order to get together with a group of like-minded men, we have to put on an annual event? Of course, this is not to say anything derogatory about the fact that we're doing this, far from it, but only to ponder why it is necessary in the first place. I imagine men who went to work in the mines and the fields and whatever thing awesome men in the past used to do, I don't think they thought to themselves, hey, we should probably organize something where a bunch of men get together because we rarely get to do that. Second question, what does it say about the state of Catholicism that these sorts of conferences are required for Catholics specifically? We're supposed to be virtuous. We're supposed to be the leaders. Shouldn't our parishes and dioceses be sufficient? Shouldn't there be a thriving community of husbands and fathers and young unmarried men who see each other all the time? Of course, that does happen in some places, and we're lucky at our priory to have such a community, but we understand that it is, generally speaking, a rare thing in the grand scheme. And a testament to our community here, we are so fortunate to have, is that the men of this parish and this priory have such strong bonds that we can make this happen. Third question. What does it mean that the only way to have a fully traditional Catholic men's conference is to have it hosted by a bunch of semi-communion, partial communion, half-schismatic weirdos from the SSPX? <laughs> I did write an article, by the way, on my Substack. It was called, Join the SSPX and Partially Go to Hell. Because if we're <laughs> sort of in the church, sort of not, then only some of us get saved. It's a whole, it's very, it's, it's, it's very modern ecclesiology. I've looked around. There are no traditional Catholics, Catholic men's conferences besides this one in North America. It doesn't exist. Maybe even in the whole world. I don't know. There's not a single one. Sure, there are men's conferences. But they're often a bit lame, even if some are a little bit better than others. I know that, uh, for, that uh, the one in this diocese just hosted a bishop who extolled the grandeur of the Alpha program. You know, that evangelization program made by Anglicans? But don't worry, it was the Catholic Alpha program. I love it when we use heretical systems and call them Catholic, it makes everything better. I'll tell you a quick story. I was asked to be a keynote speaker for a conference in this very diocese in 2020, but I was summarily let go after they found out I was a schismatic. The host asked what I wanted to call my presentation, and I said, terror of demons. Kid you not, 
This man replied, I said, oh, that's too intense. We don't want to scare people off. So in the London Diocese, a name of St. Joseph is too scary. Well, I instead published a book by the same name and it became a bestseller, so jokes on them. The point is, the church and society are in such a sorry state that not only must we intentionally put on conferences just to be around other like-minded men, and not only must the Catholic Church do this as well, but only the Society of St. Pius X is willing to foster such an event when virtually no one else will. All of this is because there is a war on Catholic tradition that has been raging mercilessly since the Second Vatican Council and has greatly intensified as of late. If anything, we have Archbishop Lefebvre to thank for preserving Catholic tradition for each and every one of us because without his courage, we would not be here. Now, let's ask ourselves a deeper question. How did things get to this point? It's one thing to say we have a problem, but why do we have a problem? Doctor says you're sick. It's like, yeah, but doc, why am I sick? How did we get to the point where the church and society writ large are so disordered that we find ourselves in a veritable nuclear winter rather than the promised new springtime? There are many answers to this question but I would like to focus on one single area. We are here because men have stopped telling and saying the truth. In the church, to appease the world, the hierarchs in recent decades have stopped teaching and preferred dialogue. This is insane. The church does not listen to the world. The church tells the world. The world has nothing to teach the church because its father is the devil. In our institutions, in order to climb higher on the corporate ladder, we keep our mouths shut and put up with the insane feminist and so-called diversity nonsense so we don't get in trouble. Be on time for that land acknowledgement. Make sure you wear your stupid orange shirt for fake residential school abuse day. Remember, it's okay to burn down churches as long as Justin Trudeau says it's fine. All because Catholic priests had the audacity to come here and save the souls. They love the natives more than anyone in this country. And we have the Canadian martyrs to thank for that. In our homes, many have failed to protect their children and raise them in the faith. Fathers have believed the lie that their children can have the world and all its disorder and they will still turn out okay. The famous Russian author Alexander Solzhenitsyn, by the way, no one alive can actually spell Solzhenitsyn without looking it up, wrote, there's like four Zs and a Q in it somehow, wrote that the Soviet Union lost its power over the citizens when men of courage started to tell the truth. In other words, when they stopped lying. This is because evil of all kinds comes from the father of lies. And all evil is a lie whether they be moral, religious, or violent evils, they are all based on lies. Heresies are always lies about religion. Evil politics are always lies about the nature of the human person and society. Bad philosophy is always based on lies about the intellect and reason, and so on. All the evil that besets our world is an extension of the first lie uttered to Adam and Eve 
You may eat of this fruit, and you will not die the death. That didn't turn out too well. The only remedy for a world run by lies and the bastard liars who oppress the truth is to tell the truth and to tell it boldly. Evil is powerless in the face of truth. This is why the left and the enemies of the church love censorship so much. Now, it's funny. The communists and their ilk understand good philosophy and good religion as well as any world-class theologian and intellectual. They understand it so well that they completely inverse it. Their father is the devil, and they are very smart. They know that if we believe that man was created by God at the beginning of the world in the Garden of Eden, this would mean that we have an eternal purpose and an, and an end we must reach for, which is union with God. They understand the power of the sacred history of Genesis so well that they cannot allow it to be believed. We have Genesis, so they give us Darwin. We have Adam and Eve, created specially by God, so they give us a soulless race of monkey men who have by happenstance evolved into human beings who are ultimately nothing but beasts, only a bit smarter, and therefore can be treated like cattle. Get vaccinated just like your beef. The church gives us an understanding of original sin and the effects of the soul which tempt us to immorality. And they give us modern psychology and the, and the enemies give us modern psychology that explains all these sinful inclinations away as repressions and neuroses. The church gives us the confessional where those sins may be washed away and they give us the therapist to whom we can confess our sins for years on end but never be absolved. The church gave us the index of forbidden books to protect our intellects from the lies of Satan and the synagogue and they give us so-called freedom of the press. But you see, freedom of the press was only a transitionary phase wherein man was duped into believing that he could be the arbiter of what was right and wrong in literature, philosophy, and religion. And once we were summarily corrupted, they brought back their own index. In the past, the index would put books by communists and revolutionaries in their place. But now, the communist revolutionaries put the Bible on the index of books not approved by communists. The church gave us the sacrament of marriage, and the communists gave us the anti-sacrament of divorce. We could go on, but you get the point. Conservatives are utter fools if they think they can combat leftists by appealing to amorphous freedom as a way of combating these satanic inversions. No, we must ironically look at the enemies of the church and understand that they are only doing what the church and Christendom always did but in an upside-down way, where good is evil and evil is good. But again, how did the enemies of God gain all their power? As I said, we lied. Catholics lied to themselves after the Council, when they were presented with a Lutheran Talmudic worship service called the Novus Ordo and believed the lie that if the Pope said it was good, then it must be good. You may as well say the Pope made Chinese food and called it lasagna, therefore it must be lasagna. No man, not even the Pope, can tell you that something bad is good and something good is bad. That is the heresy of nominalism, and it was rejected in the 13th century. This is what Mormons and Muslims believe about their false prophets. It is not what Catholics are supposed to believe about their Pope. Men have lied to themselves and continue to lie to themselves when they think, well, this will be the last X-rated video I'll watch. Then I'll stop. No, it won't. Men have lied to themselves and continue to lie to themselves when they think, 
I know that my job is filled with iniquity, but if I just put in a few more years, I'll get a nice cushy retirement. Men have lied to themselves and continue to lie to themselves when they think, my child is a good kid, he can have a smartphone and use it unattended in his room. I'm sure he'll make the right decisions. You may as well give the kid a gun filled with mortal sin-tipped bullets and tell him to point it at his heart. Men have lied to themselves by saying, I can go to the local health club to work out. Sure, there are women dressed like they're auditioning to be concubines, but I will surely not look and be just fine. Side note, it's my opinion that it's probably not a good idea for any man to join a co-ed health club any more than there is an excuse for a man to say to his wife, honey, I'm just going to hang out with a bunch of half-naked women who are dancing around me. I could go on, but the point is this. The world offers us lies, and time and time again, we justify assenting or consenting to these lies, and we always have a reason. Oh, Kennedy, you can't actually mean that I should say something at work that might get me fired. That's exactly what I'm saying. But Kennedy, I have a mortgage. How will I make my car payments and afford that vacation to Cuba? Respectfully, this demonstrates an attachment to the creature more than an attachment to the creator. It betrays desire to be respectable in the eyes of men more than in the eyes of God. If that is your decision, your soul may always be, already be lost. This is what Jesus said. Who, turning to Peter, said, Go behind me, Satan. Thou art a scandal unto me, because thou savorest not the things that are of God, but the things that are of men. Then Jesus said to his disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For he that will save his life shall lose it, and he that shall lose his life for my sake shall find it. For what did the profit a man if he gain the whole world and suffer the loss of his own soul? Or what exchange shall a man give for his soul? For the Son of Man shall come in the glory of his Father with his angels, and then he will render to every man according to his works. Amen, I say to you, there are some of them that stand here that shall not taste death till they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. Imagine if the Canadian martyrs thought like that. I don't want to offend the natives. They might cut my head off. You might say to me, Kennedy, that's different. They were priests. They didn't have families to support. You're right. But you know who did have families to support? The early martyrs of Rome. They didn't put up with lies or assent to them just so they could get a pension. Let me tell you a quick story. I used to be a teacher in this town. There came a point when I knew, and I should get backtrack here for the Americans, teachers in Ontario make $100,000 after 11 years, and they get an 80% pension. Summer's off. Actually, there's a joke that teachers tell. You know, you say to teachers, you get uh, you know, all these months off a year. They say, no, I just, no, I only get two weeks at Christmas. And they say, what about the summer? You say, those aren't weeks, those are months. <laughs> the point is, it's the golden goose. You work six and a half hours a day, you get $100,000 a year, you retire at the age of 55, you get your swimming pool, spend your summer, you spend your winter in Florida when you're playing golf in your 60s and it's a good life. I had that job. But there came a point when I would have to choose the truth over my career. A career I spent years in school for and that I spent about 50 grand to obtain. Still am paying some of that off. I had a choice. 
I could either not tell the truth about the faith, or I could tell the truth about the faith. And I was teaching a religion class. Well, I did tell the truth, and I lost my teaching license. I had to change careers, and in this very town, there was a massive movement to have me ridiculed and shamed by radical activists of the Rainbow Mafia just because I wouldn't say there were more genders than there are slices of bread required to make a sandwich. It's two. <laughs> I had no backup plan. I was accosted by people in public. My children were accosted. Even family members got received things like anonymous phone calls. It was very strange. Threats and all these things. Do you know what could have made it all go away? If I had shut my mouth and just assented to the lies. If I just pinched some incense to the rainbow Caesar, all my troubles would have gone away. I had friends, good friends, good conservative Catholic friends say to me, Kennedy, you have a bunch of kids. You're just starting your career. You have to find a way to keep your head down. How would that be any different in my position than participating in the lies? They told me, Kennedy, you don't have to actually say the lies. You can just not say the things you're saying. Really? Imagine a Christian in Rome saying, well, I don't support what Diocletian is doing to St. George, cutting his head off and all, but I won't say anything about it if asked. The minute you decide to shut up about the lies and keep, yourself, keep to yourself, you are already at the risk of becoming a tool of the devil. Even if you personally do not commit the grave sin of lying in the positive sense, you have still made yourself an accomplice, at least indirectly. In my case, things have worked out. For some reason, there's a bunch of men here who like the things that I say, which I cannot understand to save, to save my life. I had no idea that people would actually want to hear what I have to say, and I could make some sort of modest living out of it. But I will tell you this. I was prepared to make a radical change. And in fact, we did make radical changes by moving and all this kind of stuff. But I was prepared to make radical career changes, if that is what it took. Whatever it took was fine with me and my wife, and I should say, the, you know, I don't want to get misty-eyed, but my wife has been through all this with me. Yeah. An ideal woman who can find one. Well, I did. We were prepared to move, for me to go sling rocks, open a pizza shop, whatever it took. There is no amount of money or adulation worth the swallowing of the truth. You may as well say you should put a bit of strychnine in your dinner so long as you can have the roast beef. Now, I'm not saying you have to go looking for trouble. That's what I do. But when trouble finds you, which it will, you can't do some sort of Jesuitical sleight of hand to get out of it. Sure, if you can escape, then take a route out. But just remember that your escape will also be temporary. Christ knew that he could evade the Pharisees for a bit by escaping through the crowds. But he also knew full well that there would be a time when he would stand before the Sanhedrin and there would be no escape. He is the truth, and he demonstrated that by living in the truth. The world is not going to become sane overnight. 
and until it is sane, things are not going to get better anytime soon. Sure, there is pushback, and God be praised, in some places it's happening, against a lot of the woke and heretical nonsense. But look at what the enemies are doing. They're not slowing down. They're ramping up. Satan always resorts to impotent, childish rage. It doesn't create anything, but while he's doing it, it's very destructive. What are you going to do at your job when the blue-haired guy who calls himself Jenny tells you to sign on the dotted line or you'll have to go, under, go, uh, go through some sort of sensitivity training? Sorry, Jenny. What are you going to do when you find out that the school is teaching your son how to be your daughter? Unless men of courage stand up and risk their livelihoods, we are not going to make it through this. Every man here has to make the conscious decision to stop putting up with lies. And it is not enough to simply not utter the lie, as I have alluded to. You must speak the truth when called upon. When you speak the truth, the darkness is helpless. Listen, imagine if men of faith simply told the truth and didn't put up with all this garbage. Do you really think all your co-workers hold deep, woke, and communist beliefs? No. In fact, a lot of people think that all this stuff is really annoying and stupid. And there really aren't that many committed ideologues. It's probably 15 to 10, maybe 20%, maybe. In San Francisco, it's like 80%. Toronto is probably like 70%. But in normal places, with regular people, it's not that bad. If you speak up at your next meeting or in mixed company, you might tick some people off that are nut jobs, but you would be surprised at how refreshing other people might find it if you just say something like, you know, I don't think Islam is a good religion. Or, I really don't like, I don't think that it's fair that just because the Jews talk about their suffering all the time, I'm supposed to be all hunky-dory with Israel bombing the tart of innocent women and children. Or maybe you say, men who dress like female strippers and dance around children while reading stories at libraries should be thrown in a rubber room. And anyone who thinks a drag queen story hour is a good idea should wear an ankle bracelet that alerts the public when they are within 300 meters of a playground or an elementary school. I'm being nice. Or how about, no, my kids will not be watching that show when they come to your house because it's evil and you should be ashamed that you let your kids watch that. Alas, we have been beaten down into submission to the point where no one wants to say anything because they're worried about the consequences. Speaking of consequences, have we forgotten what a blessing it is to be reviled and persecuted for the sake of Christ? Blessed are they that suffer persecution for justice's sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are ye when they shall revile you and persecute you and speak all that is evil against you untruly. That's the key, untruly. For my sake, be glad and rejoice, for your reward is very great in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets that were before you. If we are scared to speak up, then what are the odds we will hear God say to us at our judgment, well done, good and faithful servant. Everyone, therefore, that shall confess me before men, I will also confess him before my Father who is in heaven. But he that shall deny me before men, I will also deny him before my Father who is in heaven. Do not think that I have come to send peace upon earth. I came not to send peace but the sword. 
For I came to set a man at variance against his father and the daughter against her mother and the daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. Call to mind these other words of our Lord the next time you consider skirting around the truth. He says in the book of the Apocalypse, I know thy works. Thou art neither cold nor hot. I would that thou wert cold or hot. But because thou art lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will begin to vomit thee out of my mouth. Men, that's actually very simple. We tell the truth, no matter what, and if we're lucky, we're persecuted and hated, and because of that, we're blessed in the eyes of God. It's pretty simple, pretty easy insurance plan. Or we can be effeminate weasels who try not to offend anyone, and Christ will vomit us to hell. I'll take option number one and not number two, please. Imagine if Archbishop Lefebvre had kept silent. Where would the Latin mass be? Would there be any traditional seminaries? If it wasn't for that man's courage and willingness to simply tell the truth, no matter the consequence, we would all be singing, gather us in, while receiving communion from the lady in the pantsuit. Some of our priests never went to the Novus Ordo. Gather Sin is a famous hymn in the Novus Ordo, and it's, it's terrible. <laughs> these trads, they don't get these jokes, you know? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> All right. I'm going to end with something. No staff is in here, right? I'm going to end with something called a litany of truth. Well, it's not, it's a litany of truth. I'm going to say a bunch of things that are super controversial, because I haven't already done that. And... <laughs> I'm going to show you how fun it is to tell the truth. Here goes. Now remember, I would say these things outside of this room, which is why I'm no longer a teacher. <laughs> so. Number one, feminism is transgenderism. Number two, Judaism is definitionally the religion of the Antichrist. The Novus Ordo was created by a Freemason who looked at the Talmud for inspiration. Muhammad is in hell with Martin Luther and Maimonides. Israel is a genocidal state, and Hamas is following Islam to the letter. There is no salvation outside the Catholic Church. Justin Trudeau is Fidel Castro's son. <laughs> Vatican II was a complete disaster and should be done away with. There is no such thing as religious liberty because there is no such thing as liberty for the devil's heresies. The bishops who covered up for perverts or promoted sodomy should be exiled or worse in a saner time. Pachamama was bad, but Pope Francis was only doing what John Paul II did before him at Assisi. The charismatic renewal is a Pentecostal heresy and the Holy Ghost would never make anyone babble on in weird tongues and wiggle around on the floor like a drunkard. The Virgin Mary and I have a lot in common. Both of us have never been to Medjugorje. Any bishops... <laughs> Any bishops who work against tradition are doing the work of the devil and must be resisted. And finally, Archbishop Lefebvre was never validly excommunicated. He was the Saint Athanasius of our time. The bishops and popes who castigated him will be remembered like the bishops and popes who were against the great Saint of Alexandria. They preferred heresy over truth 
And just like St. Athanasius, Lefebvre could say to us, they have the buildings, but we have the faith, and one day he will be declared a saint and doctor of the priesthood. Thank you. <laughs>